Welcome to the Bluff First Podcast. We pray that this message would encourage and enrich your life. For more information, please visit us on the web at blufffirst.com. Excited to be uh, back. So blessed to be able to, to be gone last week, but excited to be back with you. Um, love, I love Sundays. I love being together. Uh, so how many guys remember the, the 4th of July fish fry and donut fry that we had this summer? Yeah, I got a big news, big surprise. I'm just kidding, I got nothing. There's no, there's no, I was gonna tell you there's donuts today, there's not any. But I had an unpleasant surprise after that service. I came out of the fish fry, and it's a lot of work, you know, a lot of cleanup, all that stuff. Get ready to go home, and we had a flat tire. Fun times, right? We had a flat tire. This is definitely a photo I definitely took of my exact tire. It's not a stock image at all. Um, but we had a flat tire, you know, whatever, got taken care of and called AAA, did the, did the thing, you know. A couple weeks later, took our daughter and her little best friend to a water park, and we got to about Greenville or so, and we had, you guessed it, a flat tire, right? Different tire, different cause, different thing, but it's like, man, two flat tires in a month, like, what's going on here? So um, a couple weeks later, it's the middle of August, I went and played basketball in the morning, and I rushing out of basketball to go pick up my daughter, take her to school, and uh, go to get in the van, same vehicle, you guessed it, third flat tire. Third flat tire in six weeks. Different tires, different reasons, no ongoing issue, just totally random. They're like, do you live like on a rough road? I'm like, I live 25 feet from the church, I live on pavement, like I don't know what's going on. Um, three flat tires in a month. I got very familiar with AAA and a couple local tire shops. We're on a, we're on a first name basis now. Um, but it's just, I know it's small, but it's just aggravating. You know, anytime you try to do something, go anywhere, it felt like we had a flat, you know, and it just felt like, oh, here we are again, even though they were for different reasons. Now, I would love to tell you that being your pastor and the man of God that I am, that I rejoice in these trials, right? And that I gave thanks to the Lord for whatever it is he was doing, and I was appreciative, and I was joyful, and, and um, that's not how I felt. Um, but those flat tires came to my mind this week as I was studying. Um, you know, I think a flat tire is annoying. Everybody agree? Flat tire is annoying. Two in a row is frustrating, but after deep research and experience, I think I can honestly say three flat tires in a row is what the Bible would define as suffering, okay? It was suffering. And I was not enjoying this suffering. But you know what? We got all the tires fixed. And wouldn't it have been crazy to just keep on driving with the flat? Wouldn't it have been insane to be like, well, you know, we still got an hour till the water park and we got two little girls in the back seat, but man, what's the worst that can happen? We'll just keep driving on the rim. It would be insane, wouldn't it? course you're going to fix a flat. You have to deal with it. It's inconvenient. It puts everything else on pause, but you got to deal with it or it's just going to make everything else worse. We're going to continue a series today we've called Deeper Waters, and uh, I want to continue and kind of piggyback on what Pastor Nathan shared with about last week um, regarding relationships, and I want to say a big thank you uh, to our team stepping up last week and the domino effect of like, I was gone, so Nathan preached. Nathan wasn't leading worship, so Jason led worship. Jason wasn't leading live stream, so Sean led live stream. Just boom, 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 boom. You guys are all awesome. Big hand to the dream team. Love you guys. You're incredible. 
Um, but if you're like one of those note-taking people that need a title, today we're going to talk about the subject of deeper freedom. And you see, I think all of us, everybody, has something, if not some things, plural, that are holding us back in life, that are holding us back in our relationship with God. Something that if it were fixed, if it were gone, if it were removed, everything else would get better. And the tendency is, if we've been following Jesus for a while with this problem, with this issue, the tendency is to believe this is just how it is and how it's always going to be, right? That we just go through life with a flat tire or two. It can't get better. I tried fixing it once. It happened again. Oh, well, I'll just deal with it. And this morning, I want to look at uh, our lives and these things that we need freedom from, these situations that might be slowing us down. And I want to, if you'll allow me to be corny, I want to give some roadside assistance. I want to look at these kind of flat tires and, and give you hope this morning. They can change for the better. No matter how many times you have thought, man, it's just how it's going to be, it can change for the better. So we're going to look at three flats, okay? I had three flats. We're going to look at three flats, and um, we're going to look at three things holding us back, and then we're going to kind of frame them in a positive light. So I think the first thing that holds us back, this is about as basic as you can get in church here, the first thing that holds us back is a lack of relationship with God. So let me say that in a positive way. We need relationship with God. Amen? That ought to be an easy one. At the church, we need relationship with God. Some of you in a room this size, some of you are doing life completely apart from faith. And, and that's okay. That's where you're at right now. We are so, so glad that you're here. But some of you, while you might believe in God maybe, have some you know, concept, you definitely don't have saving faith. You don't have a relationship with God. You wouldn't call Jesus your Savior. You're certainly wouldn't call him your Lord and your King and the definer of right and wrong and truth in your life. He's not someone that you're actively in a vibrant relationship with. If that's you, I have been there. I have lived my life apart from Jesus, and I hope that that changes for you soon, if not even today. That's really our prayer, is that you would come to Jesus, not based on your goodness, not based on you cleaning up your act, but based on his goodness. He's already ready to welcome you right where you're at, receive you right where you're at, forgive you, restore you, change you, lead you, guide you all the days of your life. I hope that you take that step. He wants to know you and you can know him. But most of us in the room, okay, there may be a few of us in that boat, many of us in the room have trusted Jesus for salvation. We, we believe that he's our only covering for sin. We believe he's our only means to heaven, but we don't have a vibrant relationship with God. We got other things going on, distractions, busyness, or these hangups, these things that are holding us back. We got a flat somewhere along the way, and so we just feel stuck. We feel like this is how it is. This is what it's going to be like. Everybody else, they have that relationship with God. That's just not in the cards for me. I'm not going to have that. Maybe you've even given up on it. Today, I want to beg you to consider the idea that maybe, just maybe, God could change your life. God could remove that thing that you're not free from. God could let you have a vibrant relationship with him. His power could transform you, free you 
change you if you'd invite him to. He can give you the courage that you need, the strength that you need, the honesty that you need, the resilience you need to face your secrets, face your old wounds, face your past, your habits, your destructive thought patterns, your attitude, whatever it is that's holding you back, he can help you face it. Now, um, the churchy word for this concept of being set free from this type of stuff is deliverance. Everyone say deliverance. Spooky, it sounds like Halloween word, right? It's dramatic um, deliverance. But, but the truth is for most of us, like it, we're following Jesus, we still need deliverance. I don't mean you're demon possessed, right? I just mean there are things in your life that you're, you're already saved, but there are things in your life that you need set free from. It's not a heaven or hell eternal life issue. It's a here and now abundant life issue where you're not living the life you could be living for Jesus because of these things that are in our life. And the enemy loves this. He wants us distracted. He wants us distressed. He wants us depressed about the things in our life that are holding us back. He wants us to keep them a secret. He wants us to never get over them. He wants us to never grow, never reach our potential, never share it with anyone. And you know what it is. See, I, I can't know what it is for every person in this room. I don't know. I don't know what it is that you're facing, that you're struggling with, that you've always struggled with. I could take some guesses, but we're not going to do that, right? I, I don't know what it could be your temper. It could be an addiction of some kind. It could be uh, illegal drugs. It could be prescription drugs. It could be sexual temptation of some kind. It could be an attitude. It could be a thought process. It could be a relationship you run to over and over. I don't know what it is, but you do. And I want to tell you this morning, even if you believe this is not true, it can change. It can change. And investing in your relationship with God is a great place to start because freedom is one of his main prerogatives. Freedom is one of the main reasons Jesus came to earth to begin with. When he, when he first started his ministry, he walks up in a synagogue and he opens the scriptures and he opens the words of the prophet Isaiah. And what they don't understand at the time is he's announcing who he is. He picks the passage to read from that's about himself, and he just kind of leaves it there like a mic drop so people will let it kind of simmer and figure out, oh, that's what he's saying. And, and Luke records it in chapter 4 of Luke's gospel. Jesus opens the words of the prophet Isaiah, and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Awesome. Jesus came to declare the gospel. We love the gospel. But look what he says further. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free, and the time of the Lord's favor has come. Jesus is personally interested, personally invested in your freedom. Yes, he came to bring the gospel. Yes, he came to preach salvation. But that gospel leads to not just freedom from hell, but freedom from sin and bondage and lies in your life right now. We saw Jesus teaching and preaching. We saw Jesus feeding people. But we also see over and over and over Jesus setting people free from the things that were holding them back. He's still doing that. He's still setting people free. And so you're here this morning. You may be closer than you think. You may, be, you may think, ah, I'm never going to be free of that. You may be closer to freedom than you think because you're here. 
And the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And so what that means is when we show up together, even when we've had a rough week, even when we aren't doing great, whatever, and we sing and we open the scriptures and we encourage each other and we lift our voices to God, God shows up. Praise is his natural habitat. We make him comfortable. He's moving. He's working. He's setting people free. You might be closer than you think. And you say, I don't know, man. I can't change. I've tried. I've tried. I can't fix it. You're right. You can't fix it. But God can change you from the inside out. He might have to change your thinking. He might have to change your inner circle. He might have to change some desires of your heart through time and investment in his word. But he can change you. It can happen. The thing that you aren't free from has whispered in your ear that it is bigger than it is. It seems bigger than God. It seems bigger than the power of the Holy Spirit within you. It's not. Some of you remember um, the whole country was following the story uh, years ago of Elizabeth Smart. She was abducted, um, terrifying, at age 14 in Salt Lake City, Utah, I know all of us like get on edge. They found her, she's okay, okay, I'll say that. But horrifying experience, she's abducted by this guy and he and his wife, I don't know how you, two people are crazy enough to do this, but they held her captive for nine months and the bizarre thing that we found out later is that they took her out in public on numerous occasions. And one time in particular, you talk about like, man, a window of opportunity, one time in particular, they're out in public with this girl who's missing, and a police officer stops and speaks to them. And he says, have you seen this girl? Her name's Elizabeth Smart. And all she had to do was say, that's me. And think of how much quicker she would have been rescued. Think of how much quicker she could have been free from, from captivity, but... I empathize with her because they had convinced her if she spoke up, if she said anything, if she identified herself, they wouldn't just hurt her, they would hurt her family. And so believing that lie, she said nothing. Thank God she was found like 20 miles from her house. Eventually she was found and, and, um, and everything. But I think, you know, this morning, similarly, <laughs> We have an abductor, if you will. We have someone that likes to hold us captive, and he whispers in our ear, this is how it's going to be. And we believe it. We believe the lies. We're convinced that we are stuck, that we're never going to be free. This is our life, now and forever. Don't tell anyone. This is just who we are. Listen, this morning, if you are in Christ, if you have given your life to Jesus, Satan does not have authority over you. He's a liar. The Bible calls him the father of lies. You don't have to buy the lie and hand the keys to him. He is all bark, no bite. You have been given the power through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit within you to overcome the lies and the work of your captor. You don't have to be a slave anymore. You don't have to be bound. And yet for some of us, that's just, it's, just, it's become part of our identity that our past, our weakness, our biggest failure, our battle, our addiction, that's who we are. And again, that's the voice of the liar. That's not what God says. Oh, you know, well, I, I cheated, so once a cheater, always a cheater. I'm always, that's what I'm always gonna be. No one's ever gonna trust me. I'm an addict, I'm always an addict. I, that's not what God's word says. 
Um, people more clever than me have said, you know, that um, Satan knows us by our name, but he calls us by our sin, while Jesus knows about our sin, but he calls us by our name. You have identity, you have worth, you have value apart from your biggest secret, apart from your biggest mistake. You are not your sin. You're a sinner, but you are not your sin. Jesus said it's finished. He's already paid for it. He's already dealt with it. You don't have to suffer for it anymore. And, and so here we are. We, we, we fail. We believe that we are our sin, so we act on it because we think that's who we are. It's what we do. And then we believe it more, and this cycle just continues, and we fail, and that failure leads to frustration, and that frustration leads to apathy. Some of us don't even care. We're not even interested in being free. I'm trying to rattle your cell a little bit this morning, rattle your cage a little bit and say, you can walk out. You can be free. And so this morning, before we wrap up our time in a, in a moment, I'll, I'll give you some ways to invest into that relationship with God. But the truth is that most of us don't find freedom alone, in secret. Most people are like, well, I dealt with this privately for years, and then I fixed it privately, secretly, and nobody knew. That's not how it usually plays out. Pastor Nate talked about this last week. Life change happens through relationships. So the second flat that I want to examine and check on this morning is a lack of not just a relationship with God, but a lack of godly relationships in general. Not only do we need a vibrant, life-giving relationship with Jesus, we need relationships with God's people. We need relationships with God's people. It's not a nice thing to have. It's a necessity. God works through these relationships. And I love to do it, I've done it before, I love to juxtapose these two passages together. First John 1, verse nine, how do we get forgiven? How do, how do, we, how do we get freed from the penalty of our sin? First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins to who? To him, to, to the Lord, right? If we confess to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness or all unrighteousness. So you feel dirty, God can make you clean. You feel condemned, God can make you forgiven. All right, that's beautiful, that's amazing. But look at that verse where we confess to God for forgiveness. Compare that to James 5, 16, where James says, confess your sins to who? To each other and pray for each other so that you may be forgiven? No, we're already forgiven. That's already been dealt with. So that you may be healed. So that you may be free. You see, God's plan, you come to him, he deals with the spiritual. But listen, God can forgive you over and over and over for your secret sin if it stays in the dark and you never bring anybody else into your life, into your situation, you're probably gonna keep running back to that same thing in the dark. You get your struggle public, you open up, you confess to brothers and sisters in Christ, people who say, yeah, me too, or people who say, no, I've never dealt with that, people who say, I used to deal with that, I've overcome it. You confess to others and pray for each other and that leads to your healing and freedom. See, God's plan is not just, you know, I got a spot in the woods and I talk to God. That's awesome. You need relationships with other believers. That's his plan. God knows all your secrets, but if he's the only one who does, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. And I'm not saying you have to tell your deepest, darkest thing to everyone at church or even to everyone in your small group. But you better have some people of faith in your life that know what's going on with you. 
you know, um, God's done a work in me this year, a work in my heart, a work in my thought processes. I have a, a, a pattern of destructive thinking, something that I know is not helpful to me, and I've dealt with it literally for decades. And this year, it was a conversation after hundreds of conversations with other people who dealt with the same thing. It was a conversation with someone who's actually never dealt with the same thing that changed my thinking and, and helped me find freedom. And I honestly, I mean, knock on wood, I honestly feel like that's in my past. It's not even a thing anymore. I'm past it. And, and, and so years, years, years believing it's who I am, years failing, yields, years, yields, yields and yields. I, I mean, I tried. But it was a conversation with somebody that changed my thinking that helped me become free. You need the right people in your life, in your corner. It's so important. And some of you don't have one close friend that's a Christian. I'm not even saying it's your fault. Maybe you tried. Try again. Invest again. Make time for it again. I know you're busy. Everyone's busy. If you're busy, raise your hand. We're all busy. None of us have slept in years. Okay, we're all overworked. We're all busy. Make time for what is important. Listen, there's a reason, shameless plug, I don't even apologize for it. There's a reason we're launching small groups tonight and it's not because they're cool and they're trendy and some other church does small groups. But there's a reason we, we invest thousands of dollars into content and childcare and juice boxes and everything else every year into small groups. It's not because we're bored and we're like, we don't have anything to do with all this free time that we have. You need godly relationships and, and small groups are an avenue to getting introduced to people that might become those people in your corner. Not every single person in your group, not even, not even one person in every group. You might be in two or three groups before you find that person that's in your inner circle and helps you in your walk with Jesus, but, but it's, it's, a, it's a start, okay? And so we have seven groups starting tonight that are meeting on Sunday night. Most of them are meeting the next three weeks, and then we take off for the picnic and Halloween, and then we have three more weeks. Some of them are meeting four times. Two or three more are meeting on different days and nights of the week. But we don't do these just for fun, just because we're trying to fill up our calendar. We make these investments because you need Christian relationship. And listen, I'm not condemning you. I, I talked to some friends this week. They told me what's going on in their life. They're like, here's what's going on. We don't feel like we can be in a small group this semester. I said, I agree. It, I, you're crazy to try to do a small group right now. You have too much going on. Now, that's another conversation, right? But you're gonna have to instead compensate. You can't do Sunday night group, that's fine. You're gonna have to invite someone to lunch that you work with that's a believer. You're gonna have to invite someone from church over for dinner. You're gonna have to text some people and get some conversation that's encouraging to you. You're gonna have to find a way because God has not changed his plan for this season for you just because you're busy. He didn't say, well, right now you're too busy for relationships. You're too busy to be with me. You're too busy to be with anybody else. So just by all means, just go work yourself out. Just go for it, that's, that's not his plan, okay? It may be difficult, you got small children, you got, it's difficult, we've tried to make it easy. You can drop your kids off. And if you say, there's no group for me, I don't like any of that stuff, it's time for you to start a group. There's somebody else, there's some other loner here that likes what you like and we're gonna, we'll start a group, okay? 
We had an introvert small group once. It was a small group. It was very small. <laughs> but, I mean, like, we'll do it. And I also want to say this, because I know some of you, like, maybe some of the groups don't sound as spiritual as what you're used to. All of our groups lead to relationships, which means they're all spiritual. But also, we have a group that's called Bible study. They're studying Hebrews. They're not the only group that's talking about the Bible. The Carter County group is looking through Hebrews. The marriage group is looking at different passages every week. The ladies are listening to some of the best gospel teaching I've ever heard. The men are diving into what biblical manhood looks like. The campfire group is looking at the Israelites' journey through the wilderness. The, the painting group still has a devotion. The, the, like, the outdoor group still has a devotion. It's still spiritual. I promise you, nobody is going to pray more than me at the football group the night the Bears play. Like, it's all spiritual. And nobody will serve more than the volleyball group. <laughs> that one was free, okay? Um, it's all spiritual. And again, not every person in your group is going to be your BFF and your spiritual confidant. But if you get these opportunities, you'll find some friends over time, you'll get involved in their lives, get involved in their ups and downs. You might be in a great season where you can be more of a giver, or you might be in a rough season where you need the support of somebody in your group, but it is God's plan for you to have relationship with other believers. Thirdly, third flat, some of y'all are like, about time. One of our things that I can't, I can't talk about relationships and not talk about this. Along the way, we're human beings. We have relationships with other human beings. We're broke, they're broke. That leads to broken relationships. And we gotta find forgiveness and grace and healing through those broken relationships. We need forgiveness in relationships. You talk about something that can hold us back. And we all have broken and damaged relationships. I have a few. 2020 broke a few relationships in my life. Broke my heart a few times. Some of those things are back to normal. Some of those things, I, I, don't, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know how to fix what went wrong. Some things are my fault. Some things are not my fault. Usually, most broken relationships, you got two humans. They're both sinful. They're both selfish. They wind up hurting each other. There's misunderstanding. There's miscommunication. Turns into things we can't undo, we can't unsay. But listen, some of us are here this morning. We're carrying unforgiveness, and we don't even want to forgive because we think it's our right we think they won't even own it. They won't even apologize. But listen, that old saying that, that unforgiveness, bitterness, holding a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die from it. It's so true. You're not hurting them. You're hurting you. And the best gift you could give to yourself is to forgive and to offer the grace that the Lord has offered to you. Romans 12 says, don't pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you're honorable and do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Forgive, even if they won't speak to you. Forgive, even if you're still estranged and there's not gonna be continual relationship. Forgive, even if they've passed away. Forgive. Forgiveness takes somebody else's sin and somebody else's failure. It takes it off of your shoulders who wants to carry somebody else's sin? And it places them on God's shoulders. And Jesus is the one person who can carry somebody else's sin and do a good job with it and be just. You don't want that responsibility. It's only 
poisoning you. I, I'm a nerd sometimes. I think, of, I think of weird stuff. This week I was thinking about forgiveness and I thought about, you ever watch like the TV shows? Um, t- do you watch the TV shows? Young people, you guys watch? Yeah, do you watch the like um, shows with like the local investigate, the d- detective shows, you know, the cop shows? Love those shows. One thing that is like common trope in these shows that happens all the time, you have the detectives, they're working on the case, they've had a couple goose chases and false leads, they're getting close to cracking it down, and who shows up? The feds, right? The FBI. They come in and they're like, hey, buckaroo, we'll take it from here, right? And so what you do, because you're the star of the show, you're the local detective, you break the law and you sneak around and you solve the case, right? And you're the hero because you knew better than those silly FBI agents. Listen, some of us are dealing with somebody else's sin and God has stepped in and said, I'll take it from here. This is beyond your jurisdiction. You don't have to worry about it anymore. And we have stuck around and said, no, 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 I'm still... I know better, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the hero here, I'm gonna deal, let it go, let it go. Trust him to do what only he can do. I'm not saying be best friends with your abuser. I'm not saying there aren't sometimes you have to break ties and walk away, although I'll be honest, in 2021, I think Christians are a little too close to pull that card. Somebody hurt my feelings, I'll cancel them. That, like, you're gonna hurt each other's feelings. If it's major, if it's abusive, if it's toxic, if it's ongoing, yeah, there's times we sever ties. But for the most part, we are all broken, we're gonna have to deal with some things and we're going to have to forgive. And you can forgive. Some of you have believed, I can't. You've said it, I can't forgive them. You can. And you got to, you got to. And that's part of, as Pastor Nate comes, that's part of my little, my own little roadside assistance for you. If something is holding you back, you need God, you need God's people, you need his grace. If any of your relationships are broke down on the side of the road, I'm gonna give you real quick this, this, this little approach, okay? And look, I'm, I'm a nerd so, and a preacher, so it's alliterated, and it's three A's. It's triple A, okay? It's triple A assistance for your flats, okay? Be available, be available. Make time for God, make time for people. Join a group, you can't compensate, invite somebody over, put your phone down for a while, finish the season later, binge it later, make time, be a friend, gather, find a way. Hebrews 10 says, we shouldn't neglect meeting together like so many are in the habit of doing, but we need to meet and encourage one another all the more as the days get shorter. We need encouragement. It's not an introvert, extrovert thing. It's a spiritual need and God's plan, okay? Be available. Secondly, be authentic. You don't have to come to God with a mask on. You can be real. I think the Psalms are some of the most beautiful worship ever written, and when you read them, it's all over the place. God, where are you? Why won't you help me? How long must I suffer? Yet I will praise the Lord all of my days. I will lift his voice. Like, that's real life. 
It, it, be real, be authentic with God. Your worship will be more sincere. Be real with people. Confess to some. Show your cards to some. It's gonna lead to deeper friendships. And then you gotta be honest. If you're gonna forgive, you gotta be honest with yourself in that too. It's okay to say you forgive. It's okay to try to forgive and not feel like it yet and let your feelings catch up with you later. And lastly, this might be the key to the whole thing, be amazed. And that seems out of place, but it might be the one thing you need for all of this. Be amazed by grace. Again, or for the first time ever, it changes all of this. Oh, I gotta have a relationship with God. I need to spend more time in my Bible. I need to pray more. I need to, it's a, it's a duty. It's not, listen, if you're amazed that the God of the universe would know you and give you his word and hear you and speak to you. It's not a duty anymore. It's a delight. Be amazed that you can invest in your relationship with God. If you're amazed by grace, you'll put up with other people. You'll be able to be available for them, be involved with them because you realize they're broken just like you're broken. If you were in different circumstances, you'd have the same hangups they have. The ground is level at the cross. When we're amazed by the work of Jesus, we can love anyone. And listen, forgiveness, are you kidding? The only way you can forgive people that have done serious harm to you is to recognize the severity of your own sin and the craziness to be, to be blown away still by the grace of God that he would in Christ love you and forgive you anyway. If you think I'm a pretty good person, I haven't done that much. I did a funeral once. The spouse told me, you know, he's a good guy. You know, he, I mean, you know, he, he hasn't done anything that he would like need forgiveness for. I was like, really? <laughs> I didn't realize the Lord Jesus Christ was your husband. That's crazy. He hasn't done anything that he needs forgiveness for. We all need forgiveness. We all need grace day in, day out. Paul says our best deeds, our good works are filthy rags. There's self-interest attached to almost everything we do. Only when you recognize you're a great, great sinner that's been given great grace, can you forgive anybody? Can you forgive people that have done the worst of things to you? Amazement helps us forgive, helps us confess, helps us worship, helps us be free. So stand with me if you would this morning. Jesus, would you help us? Would you capture our hearts again this morning? Would you help us to be amazed by grace, would you help us to see, God, that that thing in our life that we want to be gone, that we want to be free from, it is possible. It might not happen today, it might not happen this week, but God, we're believing that it's for freedom that you set us free. You can set us free, you can deliver us, you can make a difference in our lives. Again, help us, God, to have a vibrant relationship with you. Help us to be intentional and to invest in the relationships with your people and help us, God, to be blown away by your grace so that we can be givers of grace, so that we can forgive and love people freely with no strings attached, without them earning it, because we didn't earn your grace. If there's anybody here that doesn't know you, I pray today would be the day they take that step. For the rest of us, let us take one step in knowing you better, loving you better, following you more fully. Meet with us, Lord. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For questions, prayer requests, and more information, 
please visit us on the web at blufffirst.com.